Yeah, welcome along to the Big Red Bench. Kieran and Tomas with you, as mentioned, till 7 o'clock and absolutely tons to get through because, uh, Tomas, a very, very busy day today. Yeah, particularly, obviously, the start of the, the National Leagues and, and GA, obviously, a uh, big, big day for for most people across across Ireland. Um, and look, Cork footballers obviously today um, getting a chance to mm-hmm. kick off and and see where they're at. Obviously, probably not in the division they wanted to be yeah. in. But um, look, it's a fresh start for them. They have a new coach, and there's a bit of excitement, I suppose, after some of the performances last year. Even though some of the results maybe didn't go away. Yeah, actually, a lot of people, I suppose, a lot of optimism after. I suppose the season as a whole was. I would say it was positive last season for the footballers. I know there was disappointing results, but it was positive. They got to grips, I suppose, with it uh, midway through the league. It, it was a bit late, I suppose, at that stage, but they got to the Super 8s, which was a, I suppose a lot of people wouldn't have expected at the start of the season, so hopefully they can get themselves out of Division 3, but a lot of tricky games uh, starting uh, this, after, or this evening against Offaly. Yeah, and I suppose look like last year you said um, getting super eights is you know an all mean feat, and I suppose the manner in which they played against Kerry and, and Dublin as well probably would have been kind of the the most pleasing aspect as well, and would, would definitely give grounds for optimism for the year going forward. Look, there is massive talent in Cork, and I suppose that's why there was so much frustration, in particular around Cork football over the last five six years, maybe. Is that you know that I suppose the performances didn't reflect the, that talent and so look hopefully you know um, they, they seem to have a positive you know United squad and look hopefully this year now will uh, will will we'll show some results on the pitch so look um, I suppose with with that as, as you said look Cork footballers obviously are going to get their league campaign underway against Offaly so that Division Three game just got underway and we'll get an update from Mark Dynan shortly. Um, that's where Desi Farrell has his first competitive game in charge of Dublin football team this evening Mayo then begin their defence with a title with a trip to Donegal both of those games are thrown at 7.15 the Athletic Grounds plays host to an Ulster derby between Armagh and Cavan in Division 2 at 7 o'clock and then Hurling um, the reigning Hurling League champions Limerick are facing Tipperary which is currently underway there and the halftime score is 13 points to Tipperary and Limerick 4 points That's a surprise is it? That's yeah look I suppose Limerick uh, Tipperary just back from, from I suppose a holiday yeah. Yeah, um, Liam Sheedy has been kind of bold in his uh, assertion that they can be better than they were this time, or this time last year but for the whole whole kind of campaign so look they're in All Ireland again, so you would have thought that the, the league wouldn't have been their focus. Um, but I guess maybe he's looking at inflict or injecting a few different uh, opportunities, give lads a chance to get into the squad. And yeah. I suppose the competition for places is always going to be be keen. But yeah, I probably would have fancied Limerick before that. The game, right? To yeah, no, it's only half time, I suppose. But like Limerick winning the the Munster Senior League, the Cobb Superstars Munster Senior League, hmm. um, and destroying Cork, like yeah, yeah, they seem to have dealt with everything in house, everything that's been happening uh, over the last few months. <laughs> um, everything yeah. going on up there. John Kiley is doing a, a serious job, but and maybe they'll come out in the second half. I would have expected a bit more from. There. But anyway, it is what it is. And elsewhere, Eddie Brennan's leash take on last summer's Leinster champions, Wexford, in Port Leash. In the John Kearns Cup final, the Cork 121s have beaten Kildare at John Locke's Park this afternoon to take the John Kearns Cup. Full time there, it was Kildare 1 12 and Cork 2 14. Very strong uh, side, the under 20s. Yeah. Um, they've, they've a lot of, I suppose there's a few fellas playing with the seniors this year, but they had a great year last year winning the All Ireland. Um, which, as a whole for Cork football, 
it's positive that these teams are doing well and Cork winning the, that tournament already yeah I know look it's you know the underage talent as we've mentioned um, it's great to see that translate into all Ireland titles um, and I suppose you look at the, any any sport like Leinster and the rugby they have an academy mm-hmm. Dublin seem to have uh, almost an academy coming through um, there was an accusation at one time that Kerry's maybe were neglecting the underage but they've got that on track and, and look at the talent coming through so look um, you know if you do have success if you do have talent at underage it will inevitably um, you know seep into the senior setup. so look um, absolutely very positive there and hopefully a couple of those players will be pushing towards the senior setup and into the Hearty Cup where my old alma mater Christian Butters College are into the Hearty Cup final after beating Middleton CBS of a scoreline of 2-11 to 16 points so now they'll face in Flanders of Venice after they beat Our Ladies this afternoon with a full time score there of Our Ladies Temple Moore 113 St. Flanders 18 points so look bit of revenge for, for Christians um, after losing the, the final last year um, to CBS I know mm-hmm. there was a, a bit of bite in the build up to that as well um, so um, I didn't get down to it I saw, I saw the end of it alright on um, on YouTube there um, so look um, I think in a, another goal by uh, actually one of the Cork 20s players last year Cahalan um, uh, another another fantastic player com- coming through from from the, the Bears club anyway and obviously Niall's son as well so um, look he got a great goal to, to win that and in the ladies football Cork took on Westmead this afternoon to start their National League campaign the Rebels won at Parky Cueve there with a scoreline of 1-9 to Westmead's 6 points Yeah Cork uh, very much on top in that game that was the first game to be played on the new pitch as well I don't know have you been down there since they've done it up I gave it a walk earlier on very very hard on underfoot okay. now they'll be glad of that because obviously yeah. last year it was very soft yeah. um, but uh, it was a good game uh, good game from the referee actually as well. I think he's actually injured as it happens I think but a uh, good game there from him and his crew but uh, yeah good win for the Rebels there 1-9 to 6 points in Parky Quiver and, and obviously a bit of history created as well in the first ladies game to be played yeah. in Parky Quiver so um, onwards and upwards there and I think there might possibly I don't want to jinx it or, or get ahead of myself but there's quite possibly uh, the Camogie game Cork Camogie team might be playing there next week uh, before Cork take on Tipperary in the Ireland League I'm not I better do my research now on that I, I didn't do my research before saying that but I think that could be happening I don't know whether it is or not well if, it, if they aren't you've started the campaign anyway, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I get myself in trouble <laughs> the Kamalki girls can thank you um, so on to the soccer and in the FA Cup um, I suppose it finished um, Brentford nil, Leicester City 1 Portsmouth 4 Barnsley 2 scoreless um, and Newcastle where, where they played out a nil all draw with Oxford United um, Norwich City beat Burnley away from home two goals to one was out finished there um, Spurs and Tottenham had a, had a one all draw and likewise Reading and Cardiff played a one all draw so um, it's underway um, there in Chelsea um, where the score it's one, one nil to Chelsea currently yeah. that's I've after pronounced that completely wrong, I'd say, but uh, he's after getting the goal after six minutes. Yeah, you can pronounce it much better than me. Um, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take your word for it. So, um, pensioner's boss, obviously Frank Lampard, there has won the competition four times as a player, and he was managed to match in 2007 final against United. So, um, look, he'd be hoping that his his team can can continue that trend and, and maybe mm-hmm. get him a few more honours in in the, in the cup. Um, and then Swansea in the championship. Um, They've they've moved to the playoff places with a win against Stoke at the Britannia. Um, so um, and in the Scottish Premiership, then Celtic have beaten Ross County 
three goes to nil and they've gone five points clear at the top of the table yeah sorry um, just on that score uh, Stoke City have uh, beaten Swansea two goals nil as well James McLean get it on the score sheet uh, in injury time there as well so uh, fair juice to him now uh, plenty of of tennis happening as well yeah look this is obviously uh, one I love now reading out all these uh, <laughs> fancy names exotic names there's uh, there's not too many Murphys playing in this but uh, we'll give it a go anyway so uh, Rafa Nadell uh, will face home favourite Nick Kyrgios in the fourth round of the Australian Open Kyrgios has come through a dramatic, dramatic five set class with Karen Kankovic to set up a clash with the world number one Nadal had earlier beaten fellow Spaniard Pablo Carina Busta in straight sets I love that yeah, you that's even good, got the, 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 the turn on the oh, wow. you, have to, you have to commit you know what I mean Like I'm not, I'm not here to make up Magic. the numbers yeah, you know what I mean Rory, Rory might be out of a job when he comes back um, elsewhere, fifth seed Dominic Therm will face Gail Monfils um, next after beating Taylor Fritz in four sets. Um, there was another big name exit in the women's draw. Women's seed Karolina Pliska is out after losing to Anastasia Pavloshenka. Oh, I probably got that wrong anyway. I think it's Pavloshenkova. Yeah, uh, will we'll do. Wimbledon champion Samina Halep beat Yulia Prontitskeva to move to the last 16 so look um, I should have gone to elocutions lessons when I was, when I was younger but, but that's the tennis anyway anyone with any complaints um, about my pronunciation uh, please text in or, or send a tweet um, onto the golf you can delete it so fast doesn't see it <laughs> yeah, true onto the golf where Ashwin Wu will take a one shot lead into the final round of Golf Omega Dubai Desert Classic he shot around a 67 today to move to 11 under par after three rounds Open winner Shane Lowry is currently tied for 10th after six under, um, at 6-under after a round of 69. Patrick Harrington will be 3-over in the final day tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, all action. Very busy day of sport in action. Just uh, going back to some of those uh, FA Cup scores. Leicester City, as Tomas mentioned, beat Brentford 1-0 at Griffin Park in the fourth round. George Alderman was there. All over here at Griffin Park where it's finished Brentford 0, Leicester City 1. The Premier League side took an early lead through Kalecci, Ianacho, and that proved enough to send them through in the end. Brentford, though, put up a real fight in the second half to try and get back into it. They came so close to an equalised when Joel Valencia hit the post he came off for Brian Mabueno who then had a goal ruled out for offside correctly by the official Sean Massey-Ellis Luka Rakic then had a volley tipped over by the Leicester keeper Danny Ward who ensured that the Premier League size progressed to the fifth round of the FA Cup Leicester have beaten Brentford 1-0 here at Griffin Park Elsewhere Spurs and Southampton, they played out a one-all draw in their fourth round FA Cup tie at St Mary's. Peter Hood is there. Southampton won, Spurs won. They'll have to do it again at the Tottenham Stadium, but a thrilling game uh, saved for Southampton by substitute Sofian Bufal, who rifled in a left-wing cross to give parity. Southampton about deserved it. They trailed to Human Song's excellent left-foot shot after Lo Celso had set him up, and the game was uh, full of chances at both ends. Son went close with a volley. Danny Ings could have had a hat-trick. Lloris made a couple of good saves, and he's finished for them all to do it again. Southampton one, Tottenham one. And West Ham have beaten 
West Brom have beaten West Ham 1-0 in their fourth round FA Cup tie at the London Stadium. Joe Rawson is there. Full time, West Ham United nil, West Bromwich Albion 1. Slaven Bilic has come back to his former club and dumped them out of the FA Cup. And the victory was well deserved by the Championship side. Connor Townsend's nine-minute strike proved to be the difference, despite the visitors having to play the final 18 minutes with 10 men after Semi Ajayi was dismissed for two yellow card tackles. The anger and discontent was let out by home supporters with more boos on the full-time whistle. David Moyes has won heck of a job on his hands to try and turn things around here at the London Stadium. Full time, West Ham United nil, West Bromwich Albion 1. And Norwich have beaten Burnley 2-1 in the fourth round FA Cup tie at Turf Moor. Adam Diori is there. Two goals within three minutes were enough to see Norwich beat Burnley 2-1 despite a late fight back from the hosts. Canaries captain Grant Hanley broke the deadlock in the 53rd minute with a header before a Joseph Dermich tapping at the 56-minute mark looked to have settled this tie. But a 74-minute half-volley finish from Eric Peter set up a tense finish, but for all the late endeavour, it wasn't enough as Norwich progressed to the fifth round of the FA Cup for the first time in eight years. Full-time at Turf Moor, it finished Burnley 1, Norwich 2. And it's finished up nil all between Coventry and Birmingham in the fourth round FA Cup tie. Shane Pennington was there. Coventry nil, Birmingham nil. The supporters will have to change stands and the two teams will have to swap dressing rooms as Coventry and Birmingham will have to do it all over again here at St Andrews to decide who will take their place in the FA Cup fifth round. Coventry had the better chances. Max Bimu was denied well by Lee Camp and Michael Rose saw a volley go inches wide at the left-hand post. Whilst the visitors saw Marco Morosi deny both Jesson Montero and Lukas Jukovic towards the end. But it ended. Coventry nil, Birmingham nil here. Uh, yeah, there you go, Shane Pennington there. Uh, also, as uh, Tomas mentioned earlier on, uh, Chelsea, they're leading Hull 1-0 in the final FA Cup fourth round game of the day. And Joe Townsend is there. Hull nil, Chelsea won. Hull made a really good start all over Chelsea in the opening few minutes, but Chelsea's first attack of the game, they went down the right-hand side, across from Aspilicueta, took a couple of deflections and came to Mishibachuai 12 yards out, and his shot deflected on the way in. A really scrappy goal, but one attack for Chelsea, and they lead Hull by a goal to nil. Yeah, we'll keep you up to date on that game. Uh, as well uh, that's going to be happening over the course of the show but 1-0 to Chelsea at the moment plenty of action happening Cork footballers taking on Offaly at the moment in Parky Cueve uh, that one has just got underway in the last few minutes as well we'll hopefully be sparking speaking excuse me to Mark very very shortly I believe there was actually a, a problem with the lift for all the journalists so a lot of them have missed the, the first few minutes of the game there they're probably <laughs> not, locked, locked in there on purpose by yeah, the yeah not ideal um, if you're a journalist and you missed the start of the game but hopefully we'll have Mark uh, very shortly to talk about that. We're going to hear as well from Efi uh, Fitzgerald. He's the manager of the Cork Ladies Footballers. Uh, they had that win, as we mentioned, um, a short while ago, defeating uh, Westmeath in the first round of the league there, the Little uh, National Ladies League. So we'll uh, catch up with Efi. Uh, um, I think we'll be able to hear from Efi now. No, if he's not uh, working. We'll get Ify going in uh, just a, a minute or so. But yeah, a fantastic win for uh, the Cork ladies just to start that campaign off uh, on a good foot, I suppose. So uh, congratulations to them, uh, Mark. 
of course uh, speaking to the Cork ladies after that game we'll get that going now in just uh, a minute or two as well I suppose while I have you here and while we're waiting for that Kieran, um obviously look I've, I've had a good experience playing GA and playing rugby and um, I guess you know uh, looking at other sports like being a jockey you'd say you know what fellas mad doing that sport or whatever but one thing I've always kind of completely been fathomed with is you know why referee and, and what's the what's the attraction to it like you get nothing but abuse um, yeah. like you, you're never right you know what I mean it is always one side 50% that right <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know um, <laughs> but like in terms of look do you know you just get on the thanks particularly at the local club games where um, I suppose there's a level of lawlessness almost sometimes and you know after a game yourself and your team are just left exposed you have to you know go into the dressing rooms or whatever like so um, how do you, you cope with that it must be tough like I won't I love the refereeing I love it um Usually myself and Roar would always have arguments here, actually, because uh, Roar just wanted to play away, you know. Uh, but it doesn't work like that. There's rules, and it's going to be very tricky now with the new mark. Yeah, I was going to chat to you about that as well, and the, and the sin bin, yeah. you know what? Like, how are you going to implement those? Or The only thing that referees can do with the, the sin bin, it's, it's very positive, and I'll leave you in on... Uh, a secret, uh, for lack of a better term, that's probably going to come into hurling championship this okay, year. Okay. Um, it looks like that's go- it will be brought up at Congress. I'd be fairly confident that's going to pass because Central Council are bringing it to Congress. Yeah. Central Council don't bring anything to Congress unless it's going to pass, yeah. uh, for the most part, anyway. So um, that's going to be brought forward for hurling, which I think actually will benefit. So the sin bin. It's 10 minutes now with the black card. It's not the player's gone and replaced. That's yeah, gone. No. So the player gets 10 minutes. And the team is penalised. This Hopefully. it could get tricky here now because it's the referee's ten minutes. It's not the coach's ten okay, minutes okay. or anyone else's ten minutes. So another, it's when, another job for the referee. Yeah, yeah another. <laughs> just add them all in. Um, a few referees are packing in the football. I think um, when the player goes off the pitch, that's when the referee will start his ten minutes. The only thing we can do is write it down in the, the yeah. scorecard, whatever. That's when the player went. Uh, time if a player goes out injured. Time yeah. carries on. The ten yeah, minutes keep yeah. going, um, which is going to be very tricky because the referee has to stop the time yeah. for an injury. Okay, so it is going to be very tricky from that uh, point of view. But um, it'll be up to the referee to bring the player back on. Okay. The player, the coach will obviously be counting his ten minutes. But if the player comes on before the referee says it, then the, ref- the player can get a yellow card. But yeah. the player has already got a black card. Yeah. So if the player comes on without the referee's knowledge or before the referee says he can, that's a yellow card for dissent. A black and a yellow is a red card. So the player's gone. It's making things complicated. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting your excuses in early is what I'm hearing. Um, this is, I believe this is the reason you packed in the junior B, is it? <laughs> I was um, never in trouble with referees. <laughs> I was just useless. When I, my body was packing up and I was useless at football. Like, so. That's only the sin bit. The sin bit is a positive thing that people are finding positive, but that's how the, the timings are going to work. Yeah. But in terms of the mark, um, do you know what? When you break it down... Personally, I find it actually quite easy, but like <clears throat> if you kick it from, you're running through, right? Uh, you haven't hit the 45 metre line, the the defender's 45 metre line yet. Um, you kick the ball in, the player will say is 21 metres away, it's up to the referee to judge that. I'm not Superman or X-Men yeah. or anything, I don't have extra vision, I can't. You know, it's very loose 
judging yeah, 20 yeah. metres but anyway um, if the referee decides yeah that's 20 metres the player has to put up their hand and decide I'll take the I, mark, I'll take the yeah, mark. Yeah. if they don't they have the standard four seconds or the time it takes to take four steps yeah okay um, and if they still don't do anything then if they haven't put up their hand then it's a free against them okay, a lot okay. of teams don't realise this and the referee right, gets so. dogs abuse over it. that's very convoluted yeah, yeah. It, it can, there's a lot of strings to it um, the GA put up infographics there yesterday I think on their, their official Facebook page which explains it a small bit more but I was at a, a referee seminar in Crow Park on Monday uh, no, it was strictly early and it wasn't football but I know the lads the football lads were up there on Tuesday um, and there was a few questions brought up which I suppose hadn't really been noticed Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was a, another press release sent out to the media then I think it was Thursday trying to clarify a few of these little bits and bobs uh, tying up loose ends so there is a lot of that there okay, is a okay. lot um, which it's it's going to be very hard um, for the local lads and, and you're going to have no, it's no slight on anyone who plays junior B or anything like that but you'll have felt oh, it's only junior B play away kind of thing yeah, yeah. the rules are rules it's the same mark rule for under 12s yeah, yeah. You know, but sure an under 12 pitch isn't the full length pitch so what we've been told whether it's official or unofficial I imagine it's unofficial keep if they're out if it's kicked from outside the 45 and it goes 20 metres give it to them yeah. even though like the kick out if the ball goes beyond the 45 you know it's it's a mark but in under 12 and some other age groups maybe the goals are on the 20 metre line so a ball travelling beyond the 45 isn't the right distance Yeah, no. but you still give the mark so I it's, make just it being, it's just very confusing make, make it up as you go along for the referees <laughs> kind of yeah, 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 yeah which isn't great like um, so and what's your kind of own personal ambition so with the refereeing so you want to referee in Crow Park that's I refereed a halftime game in Crow Park a couple of years ago. You know, one of these skin of skull yeah, things. Yeah. Um, and it was Cork, Cork were playing Roscommon, I think. I think Cork were playing Roscommon. Kildare were playing some other crowd up there. It was an All Ireland quarter final. And I got to referee the halftime games in both matches because I was the only referee up there. And serious buzz. Didn't notice the crowd at all yeah. until. I made what they perceived to be a bad call. <laughs> then you heard the crowd. Um, it was kind of amazing that they were paying attention to it. But um, oh, I, I love it. I and, just I love it. I like that you mentioned there about the crowd and, and you noticing the crowd. And like referees must mm. kind of, especially in big games when, when there's a big decision, they have a tight call. Uh, the crowd gets on their back. Then at half time they go in together have a chat and they might say you know the linesman might say geez I think you might have got that wrong or one person said you know um, I think I think you made the wrong call there like human nature then like will the referee try and even things up or maybe correct the mistake he's made I'd be disappointed if a linesman or umpire waited until half time to say something like that yeah. <clears throat> but my crew in particular we're all mic'd up yeah. for every game we do Um well, maybe not a league game, no, but for a championship, we're certainly all mic'd up. So if something happens that I don't see, or if I yeah. made a, if I'm not sure of something, we'll be straight on talking on that. Um, but it has. I've I've been involved in games, not refereeing them, where a linesman might have come in at half time and said, "Oh, you know, should have." 
done something differently there. So there's something that happened ten minutes earlier, and you know that's not that's much not good, much to, good to, to the referee then. Like, um, but I don't think any referee. Well, I certainly don't. Any referee goes out to to level it up. I suppose. I, I couldn't officially say fellas yeah. do it. I'd hope that fellas don't do it. Cause look, I make mistakes. I, I refereed a, a match last year. I'm sure I made one mistake and there was a score got off it. <laughs> just one mistake just, in, the, in the 60 minutes. Like. I'm sure that's what they remember. Um, they don't remember the advantage you gave for it. They got a goal from it, you yeah. know, and went ahead. That's all, that's goes, that goes out of the, the head. Um, some mistakes there. Remember, players make. Yeah. I'm sure. Look, you probably made mistakes when you were playing. Like referees make mistakes. I make mistakes when I'm refereeing. You just have to get over it. One hundred percent. Players on, have to know? try and accept it. That it'll even even out over the course of a game or a season. But um, and I, like, I particularly with hurling, a lot of players or pundits would mention you know that it's too quick a game for one referee. And should there be two referees? What's your opinion, or what's consensus amongst referees on that? Completely against it. Well, okay. personally, anyway, yeah. um, because you've everyone calling for consistency. I'm not sure how you can get consistency when you've two referees. You know, uh, if fellas are giving out about one referee interpreting the game one way yeah. and different to another referee, and then you put two of them into the one match. Sure, you could get two different games in, in that, each half. I probably know? agree with you there. Isn't that what they do in the Aussie rules and stuff? They do that. Uh, works there, but I suppose that I, well, I would think their rules are a lot, clearer. They're, they're yeah. a lot more clear and they have less rules. Yeah. Um, in terms of hurling, the ball travels a huge distance, obviously, very, very fast. But we've to. Our fitness just has to be up to level. Like all the the fellas you see in TV now will say they're all GPS tracked as well. Yeah. Crow Park, all everyone's GPS tracked, um, and they have to be seen to be getting around the pitch. Like I do probably eight kilometers on average a match. Okay. Um, depending on the match, I might end up doing more. It depends how the match is going as well. Like yeah. um, if a junior, if it's a junior B game again. It's pro- the game itself is moving probably a bit slower than your your Premier Senior Championship game, you know. Um, so you wouldn't be running as much, but yeah, you have to get your your um, positioning right. That's a huge thing in assessments and all that. Because well, it's for your own benefit as well because you have to see fouls. Yeah. You mightn't see them if you're on in this at a certain angle, you know. Okay, okay, and so, then. Look, I suppose there was kind of a lot of controversy last year with one of the soccer referees being assaulted in the, in the yeah, local yeah, games yeah. And, and stuff like that. Look, obviously, every referee would be probably a victim of verbal abuse. To, yeah. And look, I guess, unfortunately, it has to be water for ducks back. But have you ever felt, um, I suppose, physically threatened or have you ever been physically assaulted or anything like that after a game? Never physically assaulted. One fella came up to me, he ran half the pitch. Yeah, I voted decision. Yeah, yeah. Get on great with him now. If I ever yeah. met him down the street, we get on great. Um, I think he was just a bit excited. Uh, probably most referees have probably experienced that. But fella, like in in rugby, you have the respect with the referees, and it like lots of referees. Every referee would love to see that in GA, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. It's just an well, attitude in the GA that. But if two people are, if it, it's never going to change unless. I suppose they implement uh, a rule whereby any dissent, any back chat, it's it's you know. The rules are there, 20, but why not? A lot of referees them? don't implement it then either. But if every referee started to implement them, it would cut it out. Well, cut it. Out. You try and cut it out. Like I know it's easy to say it, but probably different. I practice. find 
I do I report it yeah. and I find teams I suppose that I'd referee more than others have taken notice yeah. and there wouldn't be any Descent, uh, mess out, yeah, messing yeah. out of them because yeah. they know what's going to happen whereas it seems maybe I don't referee that often mice you know get a bit heated okay, okay. like fellas get caught in the heat at the moment that's fine if I wasn't playing or when I was playing I'm sure I got caught in the heat at the moment at times as well and probably after referee you know um, you just get caught up in the heat at the moment that, I understand that a fella gets caught up but like I'd say a cup last year actually um, I won't I won't say the teams or, or his name but I refereed a match and this fellow wasn't happy I suppose with some decisions and that's fine you know but I'm only implementing the rules you know yeah. you can be annoyed all you want with the how I refereed but they're the rules the rules are there for everybody to look at if I asked if I went out to 30 players how many read a rule book I'd say none of them would yeah. you know they, they watch what's on the TV and they take that as yeah. as the rules what you see in the TV isn't always the, the, the rule book because a lot of those fellas have all Ireland finals refereed. They're not trying to tick a, any boxes for assessors. They don't need to. Um, that's another problem. A lot more can be let go at inter-county level. Uh, well, not can be. It is. Yeah. It shouldn't be. But um, anyway, got this go from this player, we'll say. This was during and after the match and I met him a couple of weeks later and we were out I was out running jogging and he happened to be out jogging as well we crossed paths and he stopped and he apologised and he said you know it's been playing on my mind since I completely overreacted I shouldn't have done that and all and you know I said fair dues that took balls to actually say something like that because that's the first time that's ever happened um, where someone's done that and it's very I really appreciated that like I know um, it's it's nice to hear that Um, but and I enjoy it. Yeah, I get through it umpiring someday. Not a prayer. Ah, uh, uh, we will, no. we will, yeah, 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 we will. <laughs> the, ra- the radio is a stretch now, and I don't mind refereeing. But if you do come across Aaron's own, oh, no, my old club, no, look after us in the championship now this year, all right? It's one club, actually, I haven't refereed, I don't think. I don't think I've refereed them. I refereed them in an under 13 final. Okay. A long number of years ago, yeah. I think. Um, can't remember the result on that day, but anyway. Um, I'll look out for you, and just look, I'm sure I'll be stuck down in Carleg someday, and you can, you can umpire away. I'll, I'll pretend I don't know you <laughs> I'm sure you would that's what most fellas actually do um, but anyway I think we might go for a very very quick call over to Parky Creeve before we go for an ad break if we can get through to uh, Mark who's up there it should be approaching half time now anyway but um, no, Mark doesn't seem to be uh, contactable right this moment Um yeah, we'll just have to come back to Mark. That's not uh, working at the moment. Uh, he's unavailable. Skype is sane. Uh, before we go for a halftime break, or not a halftime, well, I suppose it is a halftime break, but it's also halftime between Hull and Chelsea. Joe Townsend is over there. Hull nil, Chelsea won. They should be out of sight at half-time. Hull started fast and Chelsea were sloppy, but their first attack saw Michy Batshuayi score from close range and they've dominated since. Ross Barkley and Mason Mount both missing fabulous one-on-one chances and George Long also denying Cesar Aspilicueta from close range. The rest of the time, Hull have been unable to get anywhere near their opponents. It's looked like fourth in the Premier League against Championship mid-table, but... Crucially, it's only Hull City nil, Chelsea 1. 
Yeah, that's the halftime score from that game there. Chelsea uh, winning or leading at the moment there as well, Thomas, yeah? Yeah, look, uh, you'd expect them to, to get over the line there. Um, we call Huller a decent side, but um, Chelsea, to be fair, under Lampard have improved. Um, not quite to the level, obviously, of, of Liverpool or City yet, but looks like they're making progress and, and should, be, should be too strong for Hull. Yeah, and uh, Tipperary as well. They are playing in the Allianz Hurling League uh, Group A round one. 55 minutes gone and it's level pegging. So I wrote off Limerick way too soon. It's two six two ten, sorry, to 16 points. So this is probably a bit harsh on Liverpool or on Limerick. No, but look, um, I suppose we've all mentioned that it was a surprising half-time scoreline. So we, we kind of expected that it would be a more competitive game. Like I said, if I had to call that one before before the, the throw in, I would have gone for Limerick. But um, it looks like a, a cracking game, to be fair. There might be a, might be a, a gale wind up there, but um, or else it just might be a total transformation in the second half. But um, look looks like a cracker and, and be great to see the highlights of that one. Yeah, perfect. Plenty more to come here on the Big Red Bench after the break. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Kieran uh, Regan and Tomas O'Leary here till 7 o'clock this evening. A jam-packed show at the moment. Uh, trying to get through to Mark, Mark Dynan, who is over in Parky Cueve at the moment. Tomas, you were just checking up the uh, scores there. Yeah. Doesn't look too rosy. No, we were bigging up Cork and, and I suppose the improvement that they seemed to make last year. But um, look, currently it's it's... It's nine points to seven in mm-hmm. favour of Offaly, um, just coming up to half time. So, um, look, disappointing start, but we'll, we'll try and get over to, to Mark and see what he has to say if he's not still stuck in that lift. Yeah, is Mark, Mark are you there? No, I'm saying he's there. But definitely uh, stuck in that lift. All the reporters, um, just as well, I'd say the county board kind of had, had maybe had a, a bit of foresight and said that Cork might not have the best performance. So they said they'd throw all the, all the press into the lift and, and leave them there. But look. Um, Cork have. There is, they are missing the Nemo, the Nemo lads. They are, but. Uh, um, other than the goalkeeper. But. Hmm. Like, there might be kind of two of the forward line yeah. from Nemo involved. Um, one or two of the backs maybe um, look they've had a significant pre-season um, you know maybe six weeks together at the stage probably more um, so you'd expect particularly dropping down divisions and like we said after after making improvements um, last year um, that, that they should be kind of hitting the ground running it looking for promotion obviously for next year um, it's vital to be playing yeah. better teams in the league and for development of players I think of the likes of Damien Gore coming up from Kilmackaby looks like a fine player like we said lads coming from the 20s team they want to be playing at the higher level and, and pitching themselves against that if they want to break into the, the championship team so um, look it's only the first half like uh, you know Cork hopefully we'll get their act together and, and you'd have to have to fancy us getting a, a result at home you, you nearly hope they get a result because if they don't it's automatically pressure pressure on because like okay fair enough they got the northern teams at home which helps a huge amount but they still have to go to Carrick and Shannon and to Longford Glen Brothers Pierce Park is a very hard place to go um, I played there um, for albeit for Longford no but it, it's a very like it, it is a bit of a fortress inside there and Carrick and Shannon it's a very long road up um, and another tough place to go so they really need to. They should be beaten awfully, anyway. I think. Yeah, they should be beaten awfully, particularly in Parky Cueve. Um, 
and like you said those those fixtures they're not glamour ties um, you know I've played playing plenty of, of of different stadiums and it's the big fancy stadiums and, and the big crowds that you get a big buzz off it's it's when it's a small crowd it's man and his dog there pitch might be you know questionable under feet um, you know weather conditions in in, in January February um, so that's kind of when you have to quite, and then if, if if it does go to the wire, if things get a bit tough, um, that's when you kind of see um, your fortitude, your metal, uh, you know. So, um, look, it's not going to be an easy league, but you definitely need to be winning your home games. Yeah, well, we are going to get on to uh, Mark, who's there at the moment. Mark, we were just talking um, about the the score there. It's it's about half time, but uh, is the is the score a reflection on how the game is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Kieran. Um Offaly's been full value for their lead here uh, in the first half. Cork started well. There were three points to one up um, earlier on the game, but then, like, Offaly put over six points in a row. Uh, they, re- they were definitely a stronger team uh, in the first half. Uh, Bernard Allen, he's been a real tall in the Cork side uh, in the first half. He got a black card there just before half time. Uh, so Offaly were, were reduced to 14 for the remainder, the remaining minute of the first half there. But uh, Cox started to get into it in the last um, the last the last five ten minutes of the half. They started to um, to up the tempo a small bit. Carl O'Mahony, he's been fairly uh, probably Cox's most impressive player uh, in the first half. Was one of the uh, under 20 stars from last year, one of four uh, of that side starting tonight. Uh, Kieran Shee and he got. Two uh, good points from play as well, but overall, um, obviously, definitely full value for the lead at half time. But it is only a point, and uh, Cork they look to be turning the stool a little bit towards the end of the half. So there are even encouraging signs uh, going into the second half for Cork. Do you think there'll be many changes uh, coming out, Mark? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think Ronan McCarthy will uh, will panic too much. Um, I don't think so because like things did start to uh, to, to turn a bit uh, coming up to uh, half time. But um, no, I think he'll stick with it because it was a bit of a um, start. First ten minutes was pretty good, and then like when Offaly got on top, as they say, they got those uh, six points in a row after Cork and three points to one up. Um, like Cork had a long spell there without a score, but when they did score, uh, they, they started to look a little bit more comfortable. It's sluggish enough, really, from Cork, but um, I suppose it is early in the year, and uh, but it is crucial to get off their good start tonight because they just cannot afford a lot here tonight on Boston. Yeah, Mark Tomasoleri here. Um, just in terms of Parky Cueve itself, the pitch, um, and maybe what kind of a crowd is there? How's the pitch holding up, and how have the Cork fans turned out? Yes, once the um, the pitch looks magnificent. Uh, there's been a really uh, fantastic job done on the pitch, but uh, the crowd is. Like I, we've been told it's just in around 2,000, I think it is here tonight. Um, so it's a little bit less than, than expected, but um, it looks to be less than that. So it's not a, it's not a really uh, massive crowd here tonight, and uh, the atmosphere is not the best either. But um, like, yeah, the pitch is looking, looking fantastic, and uh, even the first game there, um, in, in the ladies' football game there, the first game here tonight after the doubleheader. Uh, the pitch does look in, in great shape here. 
you'd have to question you know the feasibility of playing these type of games with with that kind of a, an attendance in Parky Cueve and you know when Parky Ring is is just over the road and it would create a better atmosphere for for both players and fans so um going forward like um, especially with the financial issues as well in around uh, Parky Cueve you know do you envisage the league games being moved back to Parky Ring for the footballers in particular yeah Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot there. Sir. Saturday night league games uh, on the lights of Parker Inn. It, it, it's always a fantastic atmosphere. So it's definitely, yeah, I definitely would, um, would prefer the, uh, the league game. Saturday night in Parker Inn is always a great occasion. But it was great to see today, like with the, um, the first competitive uh, game for the Cork Lady Football. It was a great occasion um, for them here this evening as well. Uh, but still, like for, for, for league double headers, um, I think Cracky Ring would be the better option. Um, like, I don't think anyone would expect a massive turn up to the game tonight, uh, even if it wasn't Cracky Ring. But as you said, yeah, so you would see that as this. Uh, better in, in the small arena because it is like it's lost. You know, when the, when the crowd is not the, it's not the best, um, like the atmosphere, any bit of atmosphere kind of gets lost in, yeah. in a small attendance in a massive venue. Yeah, perfect. Mark, uh, we leave you alone there, Peter. Thank you for coming in uh, behind you in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Peter all over. Anyway, uh, Mark, thanks very much. We'll, uh, we have your reaction from the ladies' football game. We'll have your reaction from the... Um, from the senior football game tonight. Hopefully that'll turn into a cork win. We'll have that on the show tomorrow. So, uh, Mark, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Now, uh, just on that, uh, moving on to the ladies' game, we'll say, actually, you mentioned moving to Parky Rin. I think the reason they are all being played in Parky Cueve is because the premium tickets, because people have paid for them okay. and they expect to be able to go to the games. Yeah. Uh, because in Parky Rin, all they could be offered is a tea, coffee and a sandwich no, whereas to sit down with the plebs uh, yeah so they'll, they'll probably only get tea, coffee and a sandwich anyway in Parky Cueve it'll be a fancier yeah. tea, coffee and sandwich but there'll be nicer seats I suppose but I, I think that's the reason okay, why it's in okay. Parky Cueve that's good to hear there as well Kieran Sheen has, has knocked over a couple of points so mm-hmm. we're uh, we're hoping to catch up with him tomorrow um, obviously you get his his kind of reaction to the game and obviously how he's how he's getting back he's returned back to to football with his club Airog and obviously the Cork football setup and we'll we'll chat a bit about his his term in Australia and the experience there so should be good listening now tomorrow night. Yeah, um we're going to play some of the we have some hurling audio for you as well. Um, Sean O'Donnell and Kieran Kingston were speaking earlier on this week ahead of the match tomorrow we're just uh, slightly running out of time um, so we might hold Ify Fitzgerald until tomorrow and we can hear that interview in full but we will uh, catch up with Kieran Kingston who spoke to the media during the week At the moment we have a few doubtful players all right, um, a few coming back from injury they're still re- recuperating Colin Splane who's had some game time but n- not fully back but m- I suppose more or less uh, Alan Cadigan um, is there thereabouts Sunday's probably coming too soon for him and then we have Mark Ellis Christopher Joyce a little bit longer longer term injuries and, and we have usual niggles but other than that we kind of more or less have uh, it's only Monday but we want more full complement for the rest yes How many do you play maybe or we have um uh, we've only four or five playing midweek this week because UCC don't have a game okay and most of our uh, guys are with the college with UCC we have 14 with them so they were playing yesterday now we will see how they all came through okay but it's some knocks but I don't think there's anything major from reportage yet and, uh, you mentioned Cummins' plan is that a case you just have to manage him you know, yeah he hasn't 
like Cullum hasn't played since the county final in 2018 that was the last game so we gave him some time against Waterford uh, we got some time against Limerick it was the first time really he got a bit of game time into him which was great but it's just a matter of incrementally increasing that as opposed to just full exposure at, uh, too quickly you know was there a back injury uh, back and Achilles okay. he had two two injuries uh, so it took a while Fionn then over the weekend we saw Claude Meals and Russell Rovers and I suppose to be a lot of attention paid to Declan Dalton's performance to see the fellow who re-established himself on your radar with uh, last Saturday, mate, sir? Yeah, Declan's on our panel, um, and John Millick is on our panel, and they have been since the start, since we got together there in November. And um, uh, But I suppose, unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot of them, obviously, because they've been involved with their clubs. So, but yeah, like, we'll, we'll sit down with Declan out tomorrow and, uh, and see where he's at, and and, Ger, and see if they're they carrying any niggles and just reintegrate them back into the system, so to speak. But yeah, absolutely, they're both on our panel, yeah. Hey, Ger, you mentioned Journal. We saw some of the younger footballers coming through from last year's under 20s. Is that an ongoing project integrating the fellas who played the last, you know, under 20, under 21? That's yeah, that's that's a, that's a challenge, obviously, because like with the grade having gone from 21 to 20, it's like your guys are coming out of that age group, obviously, you're, you're younger, and then there, there's if some may be ready, some may be not ready to step up to senior. Uh, and there's an integration process then it's kind of like, like kind of a mini development squad in between between your 20 grade and your senior and uh, we certainly have a good few of last year's 20 team and the year before's 21 team that are on our panel uh, just building them up and working with them uh, to see and giving them the best opportunity to compete at senior level because there is a quite a gap between a 19 year old and and, uh, and jumping up to senior straight away so we've a good few of those yeah um, and some will come through quicker than others, but it's, it's what's our role as part of a, a squad. Is also you have your, you have your core squad, and you have a, a players within that who are kind of part of a development squad as well. You know. Are you looking at Superior in the way they would <coughs> focus on experience fellas and you say in the closing stages games, maybe brought on some of those 2021 20, ones? And an ideal world is, is, is that the way you do it? You kind of bring them into it? Well, it's a mix of both. I mean, they did it that way last year, worked very well to them. When the lads were coming in, they were coming in with um, games wrapped up to a degree, and it's obviously easier coming into a game when it's when it's when, when it's when it's uh, when you're when you're well ahead. And they did that very very successfully last year. Didn't really start any of the all other winning teams of the previous two years. They won the 21 in 18, and the 20 in 19, and and uh, and didn't uh, didn't really play any of play any of them from the start and integrated them, which is obviously an ideal scenario to have. Whereas we, I suppose a few years ago, threw in lads a bit younger, and maybe that's created a kind of an expecta- expectancy that you do that all the time and you throw in, throw in lads, and that's great when they're mentally and physically ready for it, but uh, if they're not, uh, then it's, it's obviously how you um, develop that, that mental and physical capacity to make sure that when you put them in, that they're in the best position to express themselves. Um, the the Limerick game obviously was, was disappointing, but given that there's so many fellas missing, is it easier to, to kind of park it and write it off, or was it a case that you kind of had to, you know, look at it and kind of reevaluate maybe where where some of the squad are? I mean, there was. Look, look. I suppose the Munster League served us well uh, up to half time in the Limerick game. Yeah. <laughs> it gave us the next. It gave us a few games. It gave us a chance to get some game time, as I said, into. That's what senior players uh, who summer over the championship club since July, early August, uh, and it also gave us a chance to 
look at some of those lads they, from the under 20s and give them some game time at senior level and just give them ex- some experience at that level uh, and that worked fairly well um, obviously at half time in Islamic we were competitive felt we were competitive in the second half but certainly wouldn't irrespective of, of, of what personnel were on the pitch that night you couldn't stand here and say that anything but we were extremely disappointed with the second half performance at the end of the day we still had 15 car colours on the pitch uh, and you would, we would have expected, and I would have expected a better reaction to uh, towards than than we got in the second half. And our performance was not at the level you would expect. Though. And for yourself, is it easier coming into the job for the second time than it was um, in twenty? Was it in the fifteen? In the fifteen, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you about, about nine months time. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, Look, certainly you've obviously the experiences and you look back and the, the, the what you felt worked for you, what the mistakes you made, uh, and try and keep them to a minimum and, 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 and take from the ex- positive experiences that you had and see how you can uh, and grow grow from those and grow as a group. But at the same time you're coming in, it's still it's still new. Okay, you some of the players but like you're still bringing together a pa- panel of thirty seven, thirty eight players, some many of whom are new in the last last few years. And you have a backroom team, many of whom are new as well. So you're there's still a challenge in integrating that group together. Yeah. You have the bones of 50, 55, 56 people that you're, you're bonding in a short space of time and you have a few weeks to do that. You're meeting a couple of times a week and suddenly you're, you're playing National League. So that takes a bit of time, no question about that. And, and fellas get to know each other's personalities. And, and, and um, whilst, yeah, it might be, uh, you certainly, maybe some, not some of the challenges that lie ahead, but you still have new backroom personnel coaches and even new estrogen and condition coaches, new hurling coaches, and it all takes a bit of time, you know. And you mentioned there the, the fellas from the under 20s getting them up to the physical and mental levels. Obviously, the physical side is, is it easy to see, you know, you see a fella getting bigger and bulkier. How, how do they develop mentally to the level of, of senior inter county hurling? How can that manifest itself? Well, I mean, I suppose, like, the, um, we had Gary Keegan work with us before. He's no longer working with Cork at the moment. He's not. He's not working with us at all. Um, and I suppose a lot of that is the is through your training and exposing them to that level of, of challenge like that. And I think the Munster League is great for that. And obviously, we will continue that as well into the National League, um, in integrating lads and giving them a chance, different games, trying giving lads an, an, an opportunity during the National League as well. Because I think that's very very important. That that type of exposure is you can't beat that like albeit there might be some tough tough times for some players but that's the learning that's in it you know and it's, I suppose for us it's important as a management team that when we expose young players like that to that level that we feel they're as ready as we possibly can have them so that they can, as I say put themselves in the best position to, to be competitive or to put in a performance and that's that's I try and get that right I can that's not simple all the time no. and when you are trying to integrate young players like that is there nearly too much attention and media focus on the league and the results in it given that it is only a secondary competition at the end of the day like if you were if you were there in two or three years time having won the league twice with no All-Irelands I presume you wouldn't be too happy but during the spring it's like the league is the, the be all the end all yeah it is me. I suppose like the Munster League will be all in all a couple of weeks ago because of the yeah, yeah. on and, and people are reacting straight away to it. I suppose that's understandable because uh, Cork people are, are, are crying out for success at some state, some level. Yeah. And um, every time a Cork and Horry team takes the field now, is it, have we something to, to to follow or is it, are we under pressure again? And and I suppose you can understand that when when you haven't had a national league title in what twenty two years now is it? 
uh, yeah. 22 years in, in All Ireland, 15. So you can understand why people's uh, people are, are are just starved of success. And like I'm going back to your question with regard to the National League. Like <clears throat> whilst yes, it might be perceived as a secondary competition, I think it's important for us. And the way I'll be looking at it, it would be yes, we will we will utilise it as best we can to to uh, give as many uh, players on our panel as much game time as we can to prepare us as a group for the challenges lying ahead in a few months' time in terms of your squad. Uh, but also I think it's very important that we are consistent in our performances throughout the National League and that's something that I would be looking for from, the, from us as a group and from the players and from us as a management of it, that we are consistent irrespective of what the result let the result take care of itself but I think it's important that we, we, we start building a consistency in terms of our performances and that's something that this team has been, has been criticised uh, far over the last while you know Yeah, Karen Kingston speaking there to the media ahead of tomorrow's uh, big game uh, also uh, speaking to the media was uh, a man from Inniscar's name uh, Sean O'Donoghue good, good to get going you know, you know after getting that bank work done in um, November, December, and January. You know, it's good to implement into the games. Then, just to, um, I suppose see see what the work we've done, how it's going to benefit us as well. And with with Kieran coming back into the role, like having been there before, is that easier for the players who, who would have worked with him? Do you think? Yeah, I think um, everyone everyone would have been positive about Kieran coming back. Um, everyone got on well with him before, um, and it was it was him who pulled me in 2016 along with. Mark Holmes, Arthur Skibbon, Shane Kingston and them um, like so um, I suppose he kind of got the panel rolling there in 2016 and yeah. so it, it, it is yeah it's great it's great to see him back again and everyone knows that he's a massive fan of car hurling so um, if, he, if he's not against his passion anyway And can you describe what it's like to be kind of thrown into the panel uh, you know like, like you were four years ago and you know kind of how we were then compared to how we are now um, I suppose I didn't expect it a few years ago because I was only I was only playing football. Yeah. Football. You, you play, did you did you play football? Did you was only in the Oh, I never played senior football. I was only playing. Oh, sorry, yeah, it was twenty one football, oh, okay. and then uh, he pulled me in in the summer. So I was Yeah, well, we'll just have to wait. Um, uh, to hear his reaction there a little bit uh, later on. Just a quick update there, Tomas. It's Chelsea 2, Hull City 0. Um, I'll try the pronunciation now, but Fikiel Tomori is the score there. I love the tongue. <laughs> and uh, th- yeah, so um, look, that'll have to make do. I think, like I said, any complaints about pronunciation, um, send, that, send, on your, uh, send on your text or, or emails or whatever. And then in the Allianz Hurling League, Limerick with a great comeback there in the second half, um, ended up beating Tipperary. 214 to wow. 18 points so look a massive comeback there serious going for there um, we're after running overtime I'm afraid so we've plenty to get through on tomorrow's show we'll hear from Efi Fitz the Cork ladies uh, senior boss uh, we'll also hear from Paul Ryan from Cork Rebel Wheelers and Orla Barry plus lots lots more uh, plenty uh, to come tomorrow loads uh, coming up later on Stevie's up next so from the bench from myself and Tomas we'll chat to you tomorrow The Big Red Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.